You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. Uh, if this is your first time with us and you came during the music portion, my name is J.D. Miller. My beautiful wife and I uh, are gonna about to be parents of four. I guess we are already parents of four. And uh, we're going to welcome our, our child uh, sometime late July, hopefully, right? The due date is for August, but uh, we're praying that <laughs> things will happen sooner. Yeah, but we've been, uh, we've been part of uh, this church uh, for about seven years now. And uh, we used to meet at Ripple Middle School. Now we're here and praying, God, praying to God for a permanent location. But we're so glad to have you all here today. And if you're watching online, you're so, uh, we're so glad to have you as well. You're welcome. And uh, we hope to see you in person uh, soon, as, as soon as you're ready. Um, next week, it's Mother's Day. And we always have a great time at Mother's Day here at Connect Community. I want to invite you to come back, bring your mom, bring somebody's mom. Just pick up a mom. (laughs) Just say, are you a mom? Come to church with me. Uh, We're starting a series titled, Mama Knows Best. Uh, We're going to go through some mothers in the scripture. And uh, we can learn from mothers in the scripture. Uh, All of us, uh, mothers that were dedicated to God and that fulfilled God's call um, in, in their lives. Uh, and so we're going to learn from a few of them uh, through the month of May. But today is May 1st. I don't know if, it, if it's dawned on you yet that we are in May. Uh, it's May 1st, and 2022, I feel like it's, it's going by so fast. Uh, and it's, it's a good thing, I think, because uh, we're, we're getting to move and, and, and do some amazing things as a church as well. Uh, we're concluding, as Alini said, this series Today, um, it's titled Living in Your Element. And so if you're coming in for the first time, I encourage you to go back on the podcast, listen to the other four messages, or watch it on YouTube or on our, on our website if you, if you want to. Um, and what we basically shared with you are important attitudes that we all need to have in order that we may live in our element. Now, what does it mean to live in your element? To live in your element means that you are... Um, living your purpose, the thing that God called you to do as an individual, as a person, the thing that he has equipped you for, uh, he, he is developing those things in you, and you are in your element. You know when you, when you meet somebody that you know they're in their element, it means that they're living out their purpose. And I believe so many people are not living in their element because they haven't even tapped into some of the gifts and the things that God has put in them. So uh, this series has been an effort to allow you to tap into this, some of those essential attitudes. It's not an exhaustive list. There are more things that you can do, but these are very important. Uh, if you remember, we talked about, well, we talked about uh, humility. We talked about faith. We talked about endurance. We talked about gratitude. And today I want to conclude this series with another key for growth. You, we, we, ought to, we ought to always tend to the, 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 the ground in our hearts, right? The scripture likens our hearts to fertile ground. And in a fertile ground, you can have healthy things grow or you can have unhealthy things grow. And it all depends on what you feed. 
And so I was actually learning this from my father-in-law, who is a state manager, and he, he gets to manage you know, a, a large property, and there's a lot of lawn, a lot of yard. He's here with us today. There's a lot of lawn and, and, and land to, to, to take care of. And, and he was explaining to me yesterday uh, that we were driving through some neighborhoods, and there was some pretty awesome like grass. They were so green. Uh, and, and now in the spring, you get to see it, right? Then come alive. And you know the, the, the saying that the grass is always greener on the other side? Uh, I actually felt that. I was like, those grasses are way better than my grass. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? And he was like, you know, uh, a lot of people focus on killing the weeds. But this is what I've learned. If you feed the grass and you make sure the grass is strong, weeds cannot grow. So if you focus on feeding the grass then you don't have to worry about the weeds. And I thought, that's a great principle. That's an amazing life principle. Because if you feed what's healthy, if you, if you, if you, if you fertilize the soil of your heart so that what's good may grow, you don't have to manage sin. You don't have to, be, to worry that you're going you're gonna to mess up because you're focusing on the good things. You're focusing on the things of God, and you're making sure that those things are growing in you. So the effort that we have in this series is that that may happen, that, that you don't have to worry about the setbacks or the things that, that you're dealing with. Of course, we all put an effort into living righteously and doing the good. That's why you're here today. I mean, you don't come to church on Sunday morning unless you want your life to produce good things. And and that's the, the point, right? So today I want to I share another attitude, one last attitude that I think is really important for you to grow. And it's the attitude of apprenticeship, if you're taking notes. And you can follow on our app as well. There's some filling in the blanks there for you if you want to follow along. All the scriptures are there. And you can take your own notes as well on our app. The attitude of apprenticeship. There's no greater attitude for a person to grow in wisdom and in knowledge than for someone to nurture and develop this attitude of apprenticeship. Everyone wants to be a master, right? We live in an age now where everyone wants to be treated like a master. Everyone to be respected, honored, seen as a master. We want to be heard as someone who is an expert at something. We want to be an expert at something because expertise brings opportunities. So we want to better our craft. But one thing that you will find about every true aspect, uh, expert and every real master is that they are just as aware of what they don't know as they are aware of what they do know. Masters and experts are just as aware of what they don't know as they are of what they do know. In fact, masters... They live in that edge of the unknown. They walk right up into the edge of what the things that they don't know, and they let the curiosity, that sense of exploration, to take place in the edge of the things that... So you have the things that you know that you're certain of, but you come to the edge of the unknown so that you may learn, so that you may explore, so that your vision, your mind, your heart can expand. So in, in, in other words... Every master is an apprentice in their own way. Every expert is an apprentice in their own way. And that's the very attitude that Jesus elicits in us when he calls us 
to follow him. In fact, Jesus' invitation to every single one of his disciples began with these two simple words. Follow me. What was he saying? Learn from me. From me. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30 say this. Jesus, words of Jesus. Come to me, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, all of you who are working hard at life, all of you who are trying to make it on your own, all of you who are trying to build a marriage all on your own, all of you who are trying to raise your children in your own strength, all of you who are trying to be a good person all by yourselves, come to me. You've been working hard. You've been, you've been, you've been overloaded now with all that is required of you because you're trying to do it on your own. Jesus is saying, come to me. I have a way of life, a way of living, and I want to teach you this way of life. And know that I'm a gentle teacher, not a weak teacher, a gentle teacher. That means I am kind, I am considerate, I am loving. I will meet you where you are. And as you learn from me, this is what's going to happen. You will rest. You will find rest as you learn from me. That's Jesus' invitation. Now, something that we need to learn is that good learning is intentional. Everybody say intentional. Good learning is intentional. You want to shed some clarity on this today because there's all sorts of reasons that people come to Jesus. And you might have come to Jesus for a very particular reason that's affected you. And so you opened your heart to spirituality. Maybe you didn't come from a church background and you didn't even know about God or Jesus in any specific way. And so your heart was opened and you said, let me, let me explore this idea. And so there's also sorts of reasons why people come to Jesus. You might have come to Jesus because you needed God to move in your life. You needed something supernatural to happen. Maybe you came to Jesus because your life was bleak and hopeless and you came to God to find some hope. You came to the God of all hope so that you can have hope in your heart. You might have come to Jesus because you needed healing. Maybe in your body, maybe in your soul, but there was something that needed God, and you thought, if there is a God, only God can solve my brokenness. Only God can resolve this conflict that I have going on. There's no human being on earth that can handle what I have gone through and what I, what I am right now. So I need God to heal me and put me back together. And so you came to Jesus. Maybe your life was in turmoil. You just needed peace. There's all sorts of reasons why it would come to Jesus. But it's important that we know that although he can address all of those things, and those are great reasons to come to Jesus, you should come to Jesus if you face any of those difficulties. But we come to Jesus to learn. He's a master. He's a teacher. And so we come to learn a new way of life. Because Jesus is not a magician. Right? He's not going to walk into your life and simply work things out like that he can work miracles but walking with christ is a life of transformation where he changes the way you think the way you move to a better way 
He transforms you from the inside out. And so it's important that we understand that when we come together like this, yes, we come together to worship. Yes, we come together to lay down our burdens. Yes, we come together to find faith and hope and all of those things. But we come together to learn from God, to learn a new way of living. And God is always teaching. He doesn't always teach on Sundays. He doesn't always use people like myself. He teaches through many, many avenues. He's always teaching. He teaches through friendships, conversations. He teaches through life lessons. God is always teaching. He's always guiding us. He's showing us the way if we're open to learn. But this is important for us to understand because if we open our hearts to learn and we understand that learning from Jesus gives us rest, then we're going we're gonna to desire apprenticeship. And this is, this is how I can explain to you that learning from Jesus gives you rest. Because I don't know if you've, ever, if you've ever connected learning to peace. Like getting knowledge of something and arriving at peace and rest in your soul. But it, I'm, I'm sure we have drivers in the room, right? Most people here, I'm assuming, drive. For those of you watching online, you probably drive as well. So drivers, do you remember the time when you were learning how to drive? First time you sat behind the wheel, how nervous you were, all the knobs and buttons and things, and you probably considered all of them at the same level of importance, right? You got the, the transmission here. I learned how to drive a stick shift, so it, it was, you know, yeah, there you go. Go stick shift. You got more control of the car. You can go in the corners, and you can downshift. Anyways. <laughs> so... Uh, you have the pedals, you have the transmission, you have the steering wheel, you have the, the mirrors, you have, I mean, you get in the car and you have a checklist, right? That's because you're learning. Now, what happened as you learned? You gained confidence. And now, if you, if you have a couple of years under your belt, you don't drive with that level of anxiety. Learning has brought you rest, right? You, you, you now... You feel confident and comfortable behind the wheel. What you're worried about is other people, right? Because if you're, if you're a driver, you know it's always somebody else's fault, all right? <laughs> but this is not only true for you. This is true as it's the same thing with Jesus. His, his guidance, his knowledge. In the beginning, it might, there's, there's what we call it a learning curve, right? You... You're trying to learn, but learning from Jesus just gives you rest. Now, it's not just for you. It's for others as well. Have you ever been in the car with a bad driver? Some of you are like, yeah, this morning. He drove me here. <laughs> when you're in the car with a bad driver, you're not at rest. But if you're in the car with a good driver, man, you're at peace. You know that your life is safe. You know that, that as, as much as driving can be risky, you're going to be okay. And the same is true for when you're walking with Christ and you come alongside other people. As you learn from Jesus, as, as he has brought you rest, when other people attach to you, when they become friends with you, when, when you, you become their co-worker, they begin to discover there's something different about you. 
There's something about you that brings peace. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Somebody tell you, like, you're so peaceful. You, you, you walk through life with so much rest. What is that? You've been learning from Jesus. And now they're getting to experience that. So that's why learning from Jesus is important. It's important that we have this attitude of apprenticeship. And this is, this is applicable to all sorts of areas in life as well. So how do you develop this attitude? We're going we're gonna to talk about just three principles today that can help you learn uh, to become an apprentice and have this attitude of apprenticeship. The first one is this, very simple. Fall in love with learning. Just fall in love with learning. See, the word apprentice simply means student. That's what it means. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 10 and 11 say this. Take my instruction instead of silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Do you know how Jesus changed the world? This is how knowledge can change people. Jesus changed the world by choosing apprentices that were eager to learn. That's it. He chose specific people that were eager to learn. And then he taught them. He taught them the ways of God. He didn't give him money. He didn't give him a degree. He didn't give him a career per se. He gave him a calling. And he taught him the ways of God. He taught him the things of God. He taught him about the way. He taught him about the truth. He taught him about the life. He said, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. And then he taught him. He gave him wisdom, revelation. And he gave him those things that increase you. What really increases you is learning. Wisdom. That's going to give you growth. What happens nowadays is that so many times we get attracted to the wrong things and we want to increase in the wrong areas. So what we compromise is our integrity. What we compromise is our character so that we can rise and increase on, on, on other areas. So let me encourage you to this. Just don't just try to get ahead by any means. Seek wisdom. Choose to learn and to love, fall in love with learning. Don't sacrifice your character and integrity for money and for influence. It's not worth it. But like the proverb said, desire wisdom more than riches and desire knowledge more than gold. Jesus said this, What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he forfeits his soul? What's the use? What, what do you really gain if you gain material things, if you gain influence, if you gain know-how, or, or if you gain, a, I should say, status, but you had to forfeit your soul? You exchange your soul for that. No. Let's focus on learning or growing in wisdom on acquiring knowledge and learning from the Lord. If you do that, you will advance because favor will become your consequence. See, you won't, have to, you won't have to chase promotion. Promotion comes from the Lord. And the Lord will, will honor your diligence. Opportunities will, will open up for you. Now, there are three ways to learn. We, we learn typically via three ways. We learn from learning or, or from lis listening. Sorry. From hearing. <laughs> we learn from learning. Yeah. <laughs> 
We learn from listening. We learn from observing. Have you heard the saying, more is caught than taught? It's true. Especially kids. They're watching you, man. You can say something, but they're going to do what you do. And so we learn from listening. We learn from observe, observation. And then we learn from, by doing. Action is a great device for learning. But ultimately, this is how you will show that you have learned. You will show that you have learned by the fruit of your life. The, the proof of your learning will be in your actions. The fruit is in the doing. Jesus said this in John 15, chapter, uh, verse 8. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. In other words, what he's saying is, much fruit is that your actions, the fruit of your life, your influence, your, your, the way that you, that you move and you, and you behave around the world will reflect that you have learned from me. Your effect in the world will show that you have learned from me, that you are my disciples, that you are my apprentices. And this process never ends because he has called us to bear much How do you maintain a love for learning? Besides your desire, this is, this is, this is what can change your perspective. It's, it's, it's the awareness of your own potential ignorance that welcomes learning. See, the awareness of your own potential. Just don't assume you know everything. Just don't assume you know the thing that you think you know, because there is a potential that you may not know. I, I, nobody knows everything, but there's a just consider the potential that you might be ignorant about something and then seek to learn. That awareness will keep you on the path of learning. Second, number, second thing that we, that we'll, uh, it's, it's a principle for you to develop this attitude of apprenticeship is this. Do not be wise in your own sight. Number two is do not be wise in your own sight. This is right out of scriptures, Romans chapter 12, verse 16, say this. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Now, when you hear this phrase, being wise in your own sight, what do you think about? Typically, we think about a know-it-all. Somebody who knows it all, just, just, just know everything, right? Uh, but... This is actually a little bit worse than that because a person who's wise in their own sight is a person who is always right. Now, knowing it always one thing, but always being right, man, that's a whole nother level of, of, uh, of wrong. But sometimes we, we can get to that place where we, we just think we, we always have to be right. And a person who is always right is a person who is always uh, who is wise in their own sight. Because they are always right. They can never learn from anybody. And that's the problem. A person who sees themselves as always being right, they can never learn from anybody. Now, like I said, nobody's always right. Except for, except for my wife. She's, <laughs> that was close. Almost for a fit of lunch. <laughs> kidding. Nobody knows everything, but 
It's not the person who has knowledge who's wise in their own sight. It's the person who thinks they know everything. So having knowledge doesn't mean that you're wise in your own sight. You can be wise and actually show the wisdom that you have about any specific topic so long as you maintain this awareness that you don't know everything, right? The problem with being wise in your own sight is that it makes you self-righteous. And, and it, it causes you to think that we're, you're better than other people. And the person who's wise in their own sight, who's wise in their own sight, they don't really listen to other people. Not really. What they're listening for is themselves and the other person. They're listening for the things they can, they can agree or the things they can refute. The things that they can say, yeah, I agree with that and, and, and that's right. Or the things that are wrong so that they can correct. And you, they look for opportunities to share their amazing wisdom and they will disagree. See, that the person who's wise in their own sight, they think they're superior, that they're above learning because they, they figured things out. And that, my, that mindset will build walls around you. Their mindset will keep you distant from people because you will not know what you're ignorant about. You will not know the things and the areas in your life that you need to grow and learn. You not know what you lack. You not know what you're blinded by. Proverbs 29, 1 say, say this. He who is often reproved, yet stiffens his neck, will suddenly be broken beyond healing. You know, this, this means this, that the person who is often corrected, but doesn't receive correction. Say, no, you're wrong. The person who's often confronted, but will not listen to advice, will not listen to wise counsel. Have you ever had people who will not listen? Because like, why, why won't people just listen? They've been warned. They've been told. I try to warn them. They, they just won't listen. This is what the scripture is talking about. And what the scripture is guaranteeing us is People will learn one way or another. Every one of us, we're going to learn. But the person who's wise in their own sight, they're going to learn the worst way possible. Because they're so stiff, they'll have to be broken. So let me encourage you today. Avoid that. It's so, it's so ingrained in our culture these days to... Be confident and present yourself as if you know things. But let me encourage you to nurture that humility and say, you know what? It's, it's, I don't know is a great sentence. I don't know. I don't know. It's great. Don't feel the pressure to feel like you have to know things. Stay humble and have an attitude of apprenticeship. And number three is this. Yoke yourself with the right people. Now, we read a scripture in the beginning where Jesus said, take upon my yoke. And I want to explain this word. Some of you might know this. This is a, it's a biblical a term, but it's also a cultural term that they, every, every listener, every hearer of Jesus would know what he was saying when he said, take upon my yoke. Now, we're not in, we're not in an agrarian com uh, community or, or society anymore, so these terms are a little bit more distant from us. But if you've ever been to a farm that had old machinery, you probably know what a yoke is. A yoke 
is, is something really cool, actually. It's something that they developed to plow the lands, and you would put on the shoulders of animals. And you would typically put two animals together, and they would pull that plow, and, and they would be able to handle uh, taking care of the land. And, and so in, in an academic term, though, yoking means connecting yourself to somebody. And in Jesus' days, every teacher, every master, every rabbi, they had their set of rules, and that was called their yoke. The requirements for you to follow them. The requirements for you to actually be part of that, uh, uh, of that person's uh, learning, to be their disciple. If, you go, if you're part of a club or if you're part of a gym, the requirements that they have for you, like you, what you have to do, what you have to wear, what you, what you, how you have to present yourself, it, it's similar to that. That could be considered their yoke. And so what Jesus is saying is, if you've been following leaders that put heavy burdens on you, that require you to live in ways that it's impossible for you to live, come to me because my yoke is light and my burden is easy. He wasn't saying that you're going to have an easy life. He's saying that I will, will, I will move along with you. And I want to explain that to you a little bit better because I don't have a yoke here. But I want to explain to you with a very uh, nifty device that I, I want you to use your imagination, okay? So let's pretend that this is a yoke. <laughs> this is really a FedEx package that brought one of our banners uh, in. But in, in, a, in a farm, if this were a yoke, this would be a, a piece of wood, and it would have a shoulder uh, fitting for an animal here and another shoulder fitting for another animal here. So I'm going to actually do this impromptu, and I'm going to ask, uh, who am I going to ask? I'm going to ask uh, Austin. Come on up here. I, you knew I was going to ask you. You knew. Just come on. I know. He's just shaking. No. Come on up here, bud. You're looking great. Everybody clap for Austin, everybody. So let's pretend that we are two, uh, that we are two mules or two uh, donkeys. Or if you, uh, burros, if you uh, speak Spanish, uh, this is what would happen. Uh, this is probably done on the bull. They would attach the two together, and it's when one goes, the other goes. Where one goes, the other goes, right? This is what they would do. They would take a very young and strong bull who would probably try to go everywhere, and they would, attach, they would attach to an old, experienced, but weaker bull. I'll play the old bull. And <laughs> I just turned 40, so I'm just embracing it. No, I'm kidding. Best decade of my life, prophesying it. Father. Uh, father of Fuller. There you go. And, uh, and they, would, they would attach to both. Why? Because the young would probably try to go and finish the field in an hour. But the old bull knew better. And the old bull said, knows to, hey, if you try, try to go. Try to go fast. And you go like, no, slow down, buddy. This is going to take a little longer. Now, the, the, young, the young bull wants to go left. And, and, the, and the old bull knows that, no, you got to go straight. So the experienced one would guide him. And, and this is what would happen. Whenever they would get to like half, half the day and the old bull is tired and the old bull can't go, the young bull would pull the, see? And the young bull would just help the old bull go 
a little bit faster so they could finish. So they would both share in their strength and their weaknesses. They will learn from one another and make each other better. This is a biblical principle. Every relationship you have, every connection you have to people is a yoke. You're yoking yourselves to them. And a marriage is the strongest of yokes. You're yoking yourself to that person for life. So if you're going to learn, you got to yoke yourself to the right people. Some of you, you might be yoking yourself to people who are not teaching you, not, not going, leading you or helping you go down a path of learning. You might be yoking yourself to people who are not really nurturing the life of God in you. And it's important that you yoke yourself, every relationship. So you imagine this, right? It's not just one. You have several of these that you make contact with every day. Sometimes you can't choose your relationships, especially professional relationships. But you can choose who you give your heart to. You can choose who speaks to your heart. You can choose who will, who will guide you, who will show you, who will model your life. And the, the same happens uh, the other way around. There are some people that God will purposefully put in your life so that you can be an influence for good and you can be an influence, a godly influence in their lives. So it might feel awkward because they're pulling you a certain way. And what God is saying is, no, I'm, I'm putting them in your life so that you can show them the right way as you are yoked together. Now, the most important relationship that we are supposed to yoke ourselves with is Jesus. So Austin is going to be Jesus. Uh, right? And what is, what is Jesus saying? Take my yoke upon you because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's not that he's saying life is going to be easy. He's saying I am taking the burden. And I am leading you and carrying you through life. And all you have to do is follow. I will carry the weight. I will lift you up. I will teach you. And I keep hitting your, your <laughs> neck. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Hey, you got it. Yeah. He was a great Jesus and a great young goat. That's right. That's right. Yoke yourself with the right people and make sure that you're yoking yourself to Jesus every single day. Learn from him. Learn, learn his way of life. And you will find rest for your souls. Why did Jesus say you will find rest for your souls? Because as he teaches you to move about life, you will be at peace because he's guiding you. He's showing you the way. And every time you come through a rocky path, you might be questioning. You might be wondering, Lord, what, what am I doing here? And then as you move through life, you get to a new place, a new level, where he shows you new land, new ground, new learning. And you will understand, oh, I can trust Jesus' guidance. Because even though I might have gone through a temporary rocky stage, he's getting me to a place where I'm stronger, I'm more developed, and he's 
building my life for a purpose so that I can be a blessing to other people as well. This is, I want to close with this scripture, which is so important. This is what Jesus said when he was praying for you, when he was praying for his disciples and for you uh, right after the Last Supper, before he was crucified. He said, I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known. He's, he's praying to God. That the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. What is Jesus saying? I made known your name to them and I will continue to make it known. He is, he is working in your life. Teaching you every single day what it means to be his follower. What it means to be a godly person. What it means to be somebody who is a light in the world. A light in dark places. So let me encourage you today to have this attitude of, you know what, God, you're guiding me. I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn every single day. I'm going to have an attitude of apprenticeship. And whatever you're using uh, me for, I'm going to learn. Whatever I'm going through right now, I'm going to learn. Whatever situation I'm in, teach me, Lord, so that I may be the person that you have called me to be. Do you receive me? Do you receive today? Amen. We're going to have communion. And if you have your communion element,